Uh, we come tonight to uh, message number four, uh, but before we do that, I feel like it's very appropriate for us to spend a few minutes to uh, review the whole conference. Uh, I think some are here for the first time tonight, and uh, we'd like everyone to kind of have an overview of this conference. So I'd like for us to go back to, and if you have your notes on message number one, take a look at that, and we'd like to practice that again, seeing... Uh, the beginning to the end, remember the verses Neil mentioned to us in Isaiah 46, uh, and seeing a panoramic view of what this weekend is about, <clears throat> so that when your friend walks up to you at school on Monday and says, hey, what'd you do all this weekend? <laughs> then you can say, I was at a Christian conference, and this is what I covered. Number one, God has a plan. Number two. Christ accomplished the plan. Number three, the Spirit applies what Christ has accomplished. Number four, the Spirit applies what Christ has accomplished. The church is produced. Number five, the church brings in the kingdom. And number six, the kingdom issues in the new Jerusalem. And they'll say, wow. So let's take a minute and uh, let's see. How about we get a brother from Texas Tech come up and give us this, okay? My brother? Any other brothers from Tech? Maybe a little too quick, huh? Okay, how about we get... There we go. All right, okay. Come on up, come on up. All right. Can y'all work in tandem here? Here you go. All right, go ahead, bro. You start. Accomplish this purpose. Amen. And the Spirit applies this purpose to uh, what Christ accomplished to us. Right. And then when the Spirit applies, or no, sorry, yes. When the Spirit applies yes. what Christ accomplished, the church is produced. Amen. And the church issues in the kingdom. Amen. And the kingdom issues in the new Jerusalem. Amen. Good, brothers. All right. Okay. Very good. All right, how about we get two sisters from Austin come up? There we go. We got one. Anybody? There we go. Good job, man. Come on up. Huh? Sure. Here you go. You start, Excel. Y'all go for it. God has a plan. Amen. Christ accomplished the plan. Amen. The Spirit applies what Christ accomplished. Right. And when the Spirit ap applies the plan, the church is produced. Right. The church brings the kingdom. Yeah. And the kingdom issues in the new Jerusalem. Amen. Good. Thank you, sisters. Okay. Great. Okay. All right. How about let's get someone like, uh, how about Sam? Sam Shu. Come on up. UK Sam, where are you, bro? Sam, brother, just wax forth. Wax forth, brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, tell us. What, what happened to you this weekend, Sam? God had a plan. All right. And Christ accomplished that plan. Yeah. Uh, and when the Spirit applies, well, Christ accomplished... 
No, the Spirit applies what Christ accomplished. Yeah. Uh, and when Christ, uh, when the Spirit applies what Christ accomplished, the church is produced. Right. Uh, and the church brings in the kingdom. Right. And the kingdom issues in the new Jerusalem. Amen. Thank you, brother. Good. Excellent. Do we have anybody else like to come up and practice this? This is, this is the overview of the whole conference. If you got it, come on up, sister. All right. Good. You know, your boldness has great reward. God has a plan. Yes. Christ accomplished that plan. Right. The Spirit applies what Christ accomplished. Right. When the Spirit applies this plan, the church is produced. Right. When the church, the church brings in the kingdom or the rulership of God. Yeah. The kingdom issues in the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good. Very good. Okay, I want you to take one minute now with your neighbor and practice saying these six items, okay? One minute. Ready? Go. Okay. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, I hope you can practice this as you drive home. And I hope this, these points are burned into your being. Uh, because this, this is the economy of God. And uh, if you can see this, then you have a basic structure about what the whole Bible covers, okay? Uh, so tonight, we're going to get into the revelation of the church. And we didn't just say the church, we said the revelation of the church. Uh, so I want you to repeat after me and make my prayer your prayer, okay? Lord Jesus, I open myself. I confess I don't know. Lord, I pour out. I open wide. Unveil my eyes. To see the church. To see your purpose. And to see your destination. Oh, Lord. Unveil me. Unveil me. Amen. So tonight, the revelation of the church and to see the church is absolutely a matter of revelation. 
Um, we have to have the Lord's mercy in order to see this incredible, amazing purpose of God. And, you know, all of us tend to have the, the, the I know disease. I know that. I know that. And that's not a good thing when it comes to knowing the Bible and knowing God's eternal purpose. Uh, and so the second verse, I want to start with Matthew 5, 3 there quickly. You see there, second verse under point number one. Let's read that all together. Ready? Go. Okay, this is poor, not money poor. This is your being is poor. And we need to be poor tonight in order to receive a fresh revelation. So we have to ask the Lord, Lord, grant me to be poor in spirit. Uh, without this, we cannot see. We have to be poor in spirit. So this is a matter of revelation. Uh, Peter, by the Lord's mercy, he got this revelation and he saw something that was on God's very heart. And that is the revelation of the church. And tonight we need to ask the Lord, Lord, show me the church. Say that. Lord, show me the church. I hope through this, through this whole message tonight, you're praying that simple prayer. Lord, show me the church. Say it again. Lord, if you have that kind of hunger, that kind of spirit, then the Lord can open your eyes so that you can be granted a revelation from the Father of His heart's desire, the church. So pray it again. Lord, show me the church. We really need to pray that. The Lord would show us something of His heart's desire. Okay, let's look at these verses quickly here in Ephesians 3, 3 through 6, all together, okay? Let's read them all together strongly with a good release spirit. Go. That by revelation the mystery was made known to me, as I have written previously in Greek, by which in reading it you can perceive my understanding in the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known So this matter has now been revealed. Listen, for generations, this was closed up. It was a mystery. Men walked around not knowing what was God's heart's desire. But today it has been made known. It has now been revealed. Where? In spirit. In spirit. This is where the revelation takes place. So we have to be in our spirit. We have to be pour, poured out in our spirit. And then the Lord can grant us, the Father can grant us revelation. Okay, so tonight, instead of worrying too much about the outline, I want us to cover seven basic items of what the church is. And we're going to write them on the board, and you're going to write them on your paper, and we're going to practice speaking these seven items, because I want you to get it. Okay, I'm burdened that you walk away tonight 
and not have an outline of 10 points, which I've given you. There's 10 Roman numerals, but there's seven items. And so I hope these become seven smooth stones in your pocket when you walk out tonight. Okay? You've got them. Okay? So, the question is, what is the church? What is the church? Is the church that building on the corner? What does America think church is? Stained glass windows? Pulpits? Choirs with robes? And then, and uh, singers? Listen, the American concept is not the church. We have to ask the Lord, Lord, show me the church. Okay, so tonight I'm going to present these seven items, and we're going to go through them quickly, and we'll attach one verse to each item, and I want you to pick up these seven items, and you'll notice all seven of these are in this outline, but we're going to extract that right now and take a look at these seven items, and we're going to practice speaking these seven items, okay? All right, so, uh, and I'm going to get Jose Luis to help me. You want to erase this, Jose, and then we can, uh, yeah, start over here. Okay, so the first item is the ecclesia. And this is actually the definition of the church. The word church in Greek is ecclesia. You see it there, it's on Roman 2. E-K, ek, means out or out of. Okay, and klesia is congregation or assembly. So this is those called out, called out assembly, the called out ones. It's the assembling of the called out ones. Some have been called out. Aren't you glad you came to Latham Springs this weekend? You know, you didn't have to use oars yet, but we may soon. But you know, the Lord has called us out. Out of everything, don't think about your test next week or your project or your paper. The Lord has called us out and we are enjoying the ecclesia. So this is the first point, ecclesia, and the verse, we'll just use the one we have here on the outline, 1 Corinthians 1-2, okay? The ecclesia, it's the called out congregation, the assembly of the called out ones. You know, here in 1 Corinthians 1, it's... To the church of God, which is in Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, the called saints with all those who call. So it's the called saints. Praise the Lord, you're called. Praise the Lord, I'm called. Say, Lord, thank you, I'm called. Okay, so this is point number one. Now, quickly moving on to the second one. Uh, We'll call the second one. The church is God's family. It's Roman 3b, God's family, and we'll use Ephesians 2.19. And with God's family, uh, there's love, there is being built up in love, and there's the sweetness in the family life, okay? God's family, Uh, it's, it's wonderful. In God's family. Don't you enjoy being in God's family? So wonderful to be in the family of God. Okay, and then, yeah, we've got 219. Then the next one, number three, the church is the body of Christ. 
The church is the body of Christ. A lot of points under this matter, the body of Christ, may be one of the most misunderstood terms uh, in this age, in Christianity. But nonetheless, this is what the church is. It's the body of Christ. Uh, We'll just emphasize, this body is an organism filled with life. And so we use the verse, Ephesians 1, 22, uh, we'll say 22 and 23. The church, which is his body. 1, 22 and 23, okay? Then we'll move on quickly and we'll say the church is the fullness of the one. Sorry, this title is a little longer. The fullness of the one who fills all in all. And this is just Ephesians 1.23. The fullness of the one who fills all in all. You know, God, is God lacking anything? And yet, He still needs a fullness. Wasn't Christ the fullness of God? Okay. He was indeed the fullness of God. But you know it's amazing. God wants a fullness even more than Christ. Isn't that amazing? And that's what the church is. It's the fullness of the one who fills all in all. This is the church. So precious to God, okay? The fullness of the one. Okay, then uh, quickly moving on here. Next, the church is the bride of Christ. That's Ephesians 5.25. Wonderful. Uh, The bride of Christ certainly uh, is something that is full of rest and satisfaction. Rest and satisfaction. Um, In Genesis 2, the Lord says, It's not good for man to be alone. When the counterpart was brought in, there was finally rest and satisfaction. Okay? So the church is the bride of Christ. Okay? Then, next, we have the church is the one new man. The one new man. Some of you may have never heard this term before. The church is the one new man. This is awesome. In the one new man, every kind of people can be built up together. Particularly here in Ephesians 2, this is Ephesians 2.15, we'll use this verse. The Jews and the Gentiles are reconciled and brought into one new man. The, The middle wall of partition that was separating these two was broken down. And every way of living that separated these two kind of people, in Christ, they were made one new man. Peace was made. They were reconciled. They were brought into peace with one another. And God had one corporate new man as his expression. This is the church. One new man, okay? And then finally, the church, praise the Lord, is the warrior. Hallelujah for the warrior. There has to be someone, corporately, who is going to crush Satan's head. And the church, although being a wonderful bride, 
is also a warrior, ready to defeat and destroy the enemy. And this is Ephesians 6.11. So, this is tonight's message in a nutshell, okay? This is the essence of tonight, and we'll go through and spend more time on these. But I want you to look at these for a minute, these seven items, and I want you now to look at your neighbor and I want you to practice telling your neighbor these seven items, okay? I hope you wrote them down. If not, you can cheat up here, but I'll give you one minute now. Go! Okay, okay. Okay, you're in college now. This is no longer high school. So uh, we have these seven items. Uh, I know we covered them quickly. Uh, but this is what is on God's heart. And so I'd like us now, again, to practice corporately speaking these seven items of what is the church. What is the church? So... How about we start with uh, Jared, Jared Van Auken. Come on up, bro. There we go. Yeah, race on up here, Jared. Okay, bro. So, so brother, what, what is the church? First we see the... First we see... Yeah. That the church is ecclesia. Right. The assembly of the called out ones. Amen. And we also see that the church is God's family. Right. And the third point, we see that the church <laughs> is the body of Christ. We see that in Right. But also in verse 23, we see it's the one that fills all in all. Yeah. Amen. Churches, it's the bride. Yes. Amen. We also see that the church is the one new man. Amen. And finally, we see that the church is the warrior. Amen. Yes. Good. All right. Thank you, Jared. Good. Yeah, you turned off. Okay. 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 Thank you, Jared. So, uh, good job, Jared. Uh, how about another sister? A sister have some boldness? 
Hebrews 10.35, do not therefore cast away your boldness, for it has great reward. Boldness. Come on forward, Christy. All right. Oh, are you coming up? All right, come on up. Okay, two sisters. Great. Here we go. There you go. Okay. Um, the church is... Wait, hold on. Now I'm already frozen standing up here. It's all right. Ready, go. Okay. The church is... The ecclesia. The ecclesia. The called out ones. Amen. Amen. Um, number two, the, the church is... The God's family. Amen. Amen. Number, Number three. three is the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Number, Number four, four. Um, the church is the fullness of the, the one, one who fills, who all, fills all, all in all. Amen. Amen. Number five is not the bride. Oh, it is the bride. <laughs> I was just checking on you guys. Amen. The Amen. bride. Um, number six, the, ch- the church is, well, Not I know it's the corporate warrior, but that's number seven. The one new man. Yes. Yeah. Number six, the one new man. Thank you, Isabel. And then number seven is the, the warrior. corporate warrior. Amen. Okay. Amen. Good. Thank you, sisters. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Another one. Okay. Come forward, Christy. All right. Your roommate, okay. Vivian, Vivian, lifeline, Vivian. Come on up, Vivian. Okay. She's my great. I live with her. Come on up, Vivian. Okay, now, now, guys, release this with your spirit, okay? Okay. Okay. First. <clears throat> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Okay. First. Okay, the church is the ecclesia, exactly, Amen. which is the assembly of the called ones. Amen. Second, wait, no, can you do second? I'll do, I'll do this one. Second, <laughs> second, the church is God's family. Yes. Third, the church. <laughs> third, the church is the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Fourth, the church is the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Amen. Amen. Fifth is the bride of Christ. Amen. Amen. Sixth is the one new man. <laughs> and seven is the warrior. Amen. Who crush Satan's head. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Very good job. <laughs> okay. Okay, now how about one more set of brothers? How about uh, Sam and Justin and Timothy? Okay, all right, Sergio, you'll be next. Justin and Timothy, come on up. All right, good. And as you can, see if you can begin to add the verses, okay? Oh, we got the hard one. Ah. All right, first, the church is the ecclesia, the yes. called out ones. Amen. First Corinthians 1. 1, 2. There we go. <laughs> All right. Second, the church is 
um, God's family. Yes. yes. Ephesians 2, 19. Amen. Amen. Thirdly, the church is the body of Christ. Amen. Yeah. We see this in Ephesians 1, 1 23. And 22. 23. Amen. <laughs> all right. Sweet. All right. Four. The church is the one that fills all in all, full and all. Yes. yes <laughs> <laughs> the church is the one who the fullness of the one who fills all in all. There you Amen. go. We see this in Ephesians 1.23. Yes. Dang, you're good at this. All right. Fifth, the church is the body of Christ. Amen. Wait, did I get it wrong? <laughs> Bride of Christ. Come on, I can't read. All right. <laughs> Ephesians 5.25. All right. My apologies. Six. <laughs> Church is the one new man that brings Amen. Jews and Gentiles together, one in Christ. Amen. We see this in Ephesians 2.15. Amen. And seven, my favorite ones, the church is the corporate warrior. Amen. Crush the serpent's head. Amen. Give me the verses on that one, Timothy. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 11. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, brothers. <laughs> All right, Sergio, come, come on up. Yeah. Come on, Sergio. All right. That's good. Uh, well, it's preferable with the verses here. We're in college now. Okay. So the first one is the Ecclesia. Yes. Ecclesia. Ecclesia. Yeah, Ecclesia. Uh, it is the, the called out ones, the assembly of the called out ones. Amen. That's 1 Corinthians 1 5. 2. 1 2. It's 1 2. And then uh, point number two is um, it's the body. No, it's not the body. That's, that's another one. Good job, guys. <laughs> it's uh, God's family. There we yes. go. Yes. And it's Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 something. Uh, it's 2, it's 2.19. Amen. All right. And number three, now that's the body. All right. That's the body of Christ. And that's also Ephesians 1, 1, what? 22 and 23. All right. I said body, body of Christ. Uh, number four is the fullness of the one. Right? Did I already say that? Yes. That one's Ephesians. Uh, it's. It's one twenty-three, just Correct. just twenty-three, not twenty-two, just twenty-three. <laughs> uh, it's one, two, three, four, five. Is five is uh, it? It's the bride. Yeah, yeah. The, the church is the bride. That's Ephesians, also, <laughs> uh, five twenty-five. Yeah. All right, there, there's a sixth one, and that one is that uh, the church is. Um, I, I got this. Uh, it's number, it's number six. Uh, it's the one you man. All right. Which is Ephesians. Yeah. Uh, 2.15. And the last one is that the church is the warrior. Amen. And that's Ephesians uh, 6. Uh, 20. No. 6.11. Yeah. 6.11. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Come forward. 
Okay, we got this. Okay. So you'll read a verse or I'll read a verse? I can say the, whatever you want to say. The first one, the church is the ecclesia, which is the assembly of the, the called oh, out ones. Amen. First Corinthians 1-2. One, two. One, two, yeah. And the second one, it's God's family. God's family, which is Ephesians 2-19. Um, yeah. Amen. And it's... Um, the third one is... The body of Christ. The body of Christ. It's an efficient. organism... Filled with the life of Christ. Amen. Ephesians um, one twenty three. Yes. <laughs> and then the fourth one is the fullness of the one who is all in all. Amen. Amen. Ephesians one twenty two twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Okay. And the five it's the bride of Christ. Right. Amen. Ephesians. Uh, is that five? Yeah. Ephesians 5.25. Yeah. Amen. And the six is one new man. Amen. The seven, uh, that's Ephesians 2.19. 15. Yeah. Amen. And the last one is the warrior. Amen. Yeah. Ephesians uh, 6.11. Six. Six, yes. Amen. Okay. 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 You got the whole thing? All right, let's do it. All right, brothers. There we go. So the church is the ecclesia. It means the called out ones, and it's 1 Corinthians 1-2. Amen. And the second one is the church is the... God's family? The family, that's it, yes. And that comes from Ephesians... 2.19. Yeah, amen. amen. Uh, third, uh, the church is the body of Christ. The, the Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. The church is the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Right. And that comes from Ephesians 1, 22, or 23. 23. Uh, the fifth one, the church is the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5, 25. And the sixth one, wait for it. One new man. One new man. Is the one new man, yeah. yes. Yeah. Which comes from Ephesians 2, 15. And lastly, the church is uh, the, oh, the warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians okay. 6, 11. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you, brother. Hey, do we have somebody who can really wax forth and give us all seven with the verses? All right, Harrison, come on up. Come on up. Okay, we'll get, it. We'll get a sister a chance here. All right, come on up, Harrison. All right. Okay. All right. Hello, everybody. Okay, this is working. Okay, good. You want to take the first one? Yeah, Okay. Okay, so Paul had this revelation about the church, right? Okay. And the first point of that would be that... I can help you out if you need it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the ecclesia. The ecclesia, which is the called ones. The called uh, out ones, yes. Called out ones. That's 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Amen. Yes, 1 and 2. And the uh, second? 
Go for it. All right. The second is the church is the body of Christ. Amen. And we God's see, family. Yeah. God's family. It's God's family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's God's family. That's located in um, Ephesians. Ephesians one. Two nineteen. Two nineteen. Yeah. Two nineteen. The third one is. I think that one's the body of Christ. Yes. Yeah. Just. Okay. <laughs> and that's Ephesians one twenty two and twenty three. Right. The fourth one is the fullness of the one that fills all in all. Oh yes. That's Ephesians one and twenty two. Yes. One twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. The fifth one is the. The fifth one, the church is the bride, the bride of, Christ. of Christ. Yeah. And that's Ephesians, Ephesians two twenty five. Five twenty five. Five twenty five. Yeah. Ah. The sixth one. Sixth one. Is the one new man. Yes, the one that's new man. Ephesians two fifteen. Amen. Yep. And the last one is the warrior. That's yes. Ephesians six eleven. Yes. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you, brothers. All right. So you can see. You want more? Okay, come on up, sister. Do you have it? Okay, come on. Be quick. Okay. Good. Okay, so what is the church? First, it's the ecclesia, which is the congregation of the called ones. And that is 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Second, 1, 2. Oh. <laughs> Secondly, we are all God's family. And it's a family with so much sweetness and love and growing. And that is Ephesians 2.19. And thirdly, we, ha- we are the body of Christ, a living organism full of life. And that's Ephesians 1, 22, and 23. Good. <laughs> okay, fourth, um, we are the fullness of the one who fills all in all, which is so amazing because God lacks absolutely nothing, yet he is still seeking fullness. And that's Ephesians uh, 1, 23. Yes. Okay, next, I think that we are the bride of Christ. Yeah. And here we finally have rest and satisfaction and that's ephesians 5 25. now we are the one new man which means everyone and anyone can be built in it and that's ephesians 2 15. (laughs) and finally we are the corporate warrior and we will be ready to defeat our enemies and crush the serpent's head and that's ephesians 6 11. good good job Very good. Very good. So this is the way we want to know the church. Um, These these items, uh, we have to pray, Lord, show me the church. I know we're here practicing speaking points, but what we're speaking here tonight is reality. And we have to really ask the Lord, Lord, show me the church. Uh, this This is a great matter. So... Uh, I hope you would practice these on the way home. You would practice these this week. You would test each other, and uh, you would ask each other, give me the seven. 
words for the church? What are the seven aspects of the church we saw Saturday night? Uh, this is the church, okay? And of course, this is not all the aspects, but these are just the seven we'll talk about tonight in a detailed way. So we have to be impressed uh, that the Lord wants to show us something in the Spirit, okay? Okay, uh, so let's go ahead and look at the outline here. Uh, now that we've come to these seven points, and let's go through and look at a few more details. And tonight, we will save time for you to overflow, so don't go to sleep on me now as we cover these, and I hope you have some good overflow at the end of this time. It can be both for this message and anything preceding this, okay? All right, so let's move right along to uh, Roman numeral three here, okay? Let's read that Roman numeral all together. Go. And letter A, read it. And then the two verses, Ephesians and Hebrews, go. So in this section here, we have to realize that firstly, related to the Father, the Father wants many sons, but He wants these sons corporately to express Him. And just like it says here, according to the good pleasure of His will, God has a good pleasure, and that good pleasure is that these many sons would express Him corporately. Um, you know, we have to be impressed that this uh, matter of His expression is through sonship. And this sonship is something that's corporate, and the many sons come out of the life of the Father. So his life and his nature are imparted into these many sons, and through them, there's an expression. Praise the Lord for life and nature. This is the life and nature of the Father in the many sons, fully expressing the Father, okay? Uh, then in the Hebrews, the verse here, I will declare your name to my brothers in the midst of the church. In the midst of the church, there's someone singing praise to the Father. And you know who that is? That's the corporate son. That's the many sons with the unique son together singing hymns of praise to the Father. This is a beautiful picture here in Hebrews uh, where the where Christ, the Son of God, is one with the many sons of God, and corporately together they're singing hymns of praise to the Father. And so this is the many sons who have the life and nature of the Father. And this is the corporate sonship. Then letter B, we talked about briefly, the household of God, the family of God. Uh, let's read Ephesians 2.19 together. Go. You know, uh, in the last 10 to 15 years, I've traveled quite a bit, not just domestically, but internationally, and I've stayed uh, in many homes uh, around the globe, and it's very amazing because in those homes, I feel right at home. It's not just a cliche, it's an actual fact, and when you meet 
the brothers and sisters in Christ uh, as the family of God, uh, it's almost inexplicable the feeling and the sense you have when you are with them. And it's regardless of the race, the language, or the background that they are, or you, when you come together, there is a familial sense together. Because the church is the family of God. Um, as the family of God, you may have had this experience, you may feel closer to the brothers and sisters than to some of your own blood relatives. That's uh, very often the case. Because the relationship that we have in Christ, uh, having the life and nature of the Father, makes us brothers and sisters and as such, we're, we are in one divine family. And this is marvelous. It's, it's marvelous to be in the family of God. You know what? Everyone wants to be in a family. Uh, every person desires two things, reality and community. Every person desires two things, reality and community. And rea the reality is Christ. And the community is the church as the family of God. So when we meet people, many people have many problems, many situations. You have to realize deep down, fundamentally, they're seeking these two things, reality and community. And you know what, brothers and sisters? We have this in Christ and the church. Really wonderful that we can be in God's family. Okay, now read 1 John 2.13. Go. So there in this first circle, fathers, circle young men, and circle young children. Do you see something there? What do you see there? I see a family. I see a family. Some are older, some are younger. They each have different characteristics, but they're all part of the same family. And these family members have a love, a care, and a shepherding mutually with one another. This is in the family of God. Uh, this is so marvelous that we can enjoy the family of God. Um, I just thought about this. Is, uh, is Elvin here? Yeah, Elvin, why don't you come on up and give a little testimony, brother? Give you a little testimony about meeting the brothers, kind of your background, and then how the Lord brought you. Right. Now hold the mic right up there. There you go. Yeah, so I didn't come prepared to this because I didn't know I was going to talk, but uh, <laughs> let me just uh, calm my heart down a bit because I'm pretty nervous. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, you're fine, you're fine. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> All right, so, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, um, I grew up homeless and... Um, it was really hard. I grew up without a father. Father, I mean, I knew who he was, but I lived with my mom most of the time. 
So I grew up in a homeless shelter. And uh, growing up through high school and middle school, I'd move between apartment to apartment, you know, trying to escape all of that stuff. And so I saw college as a new opportunity, a new beginning. And CSOC was basically that, Christian students on campus. They became like the family that I never had, the house that I never had. And uh, I, I just enjoy really being with them. I, I really feel like I have a father in the group, Neil, out there. Um, I, it's just uh, I have a lot of brothers and sisters with this group, and I, I feel really at home. So, yeah. Amen. Good. Thank you, Elman. So, Elvin, we just met you, uh, what, in the summertime, yeah, about three or four months ago. So, welcome to the family. It is a large family. And when you get up here, it's scarily large, okay? So, uh, anyway, the family of God, saints, it's marvelous, and it's the Lord's provision to each one of us, okay? And finally, 1 Timothy 3.15, let's read this, go. You know, it's wonderful. It's the house of God, and it's the church of the living God, the pillar and the base of the truth. So in God's family, we get to enjoy so much truth and so much shepherding in this family, okay? All right, moving on here quickly, Romans 4 here. This is the church now in relation to Christ, okay? And in relation to Christ, firstly we have here, He is the body of Christ, so Christ himself, the Lord Jesus, is the head. But this head must have a living body. And as the head, uh, it's quite an amazing experience there when Paul was on the road. Uh, Paul there was persecuting. Who was he persecuting? He was persecuting some believers in Christ. And then the Lord appeared to him. And what did he say? Yeah, exactly. The Lord said, why are you persecuting me? Capital M-E. Why are you persecuting me? So Paul actually became the only writer of the New Testament to use the term the body of Christ. Because Paul got a great revelation why are you persecuting me? And he was persecuting the believers. But the Lord appeared to him and didn't say, why are you persecuting my believers? He said, why are you persecuting me? Because to touch his believers is to touch him. So uh, come on up here, bro. Okay, lay your hand out here on the book there. Okay. All right, what, what, what did I just hit? Yeah, but is it only your hand? What is it also? It's you, right? It's you. So if I do that, then it's not that hard, guys. All right, come on. I got a, I got a big soft Bible under it, okay? That was all planned. If I persecute a member... I persecute him. I persecute the head. The two are joined as one. 
There's a life union. There's an organic union between the member and the head. Right? So to persecute the member is to persecute the head. And this is crucial, right? So we have to realize Paul saw this vision. He realized, he realized to touch the member is to touch Christ himself. And therefore, he got the, he got the vision of the body of Christ. Okay, wonderful. So let's read these verses here. Ephesians 1, 22b and 23. Go. The church... Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, go. Okay, this is wonderful. The church is the body of Christ. Firstly, number one, taking Christ as the head. Okay, let's read these two verses, 4, 15 and 16. Read it. You know, the body of Christ needs a head. And in our personal experience, we need to be headed up. And we need to learn to not, not let anything separate us from the head. So, you know, as we go through our daily life, the head is there. Christ is in our spirit. Amen? He's there living in us. But the question is, how joined and headed up are we to Christ? So very often, uh, as we go through our life, the head is there wanting to head us up, wanting to bring us under the headship of Christ. But the question is, how headed up are we? So we have to realize the Lord as the head wants to head us up in all things. You see that verse? Grow up into Him in a few things. In a lot of things. In most things. Grow up into the head in all things. Who is the head? Christ. So the Father's desire is that we would grow up into Him in all things. This is, this is to be joined to Christ our head. Uh, you know, with Paul, he realized through quite a number of experiences that he was just a member in the body and he was dependent on the other members of the body. In one instance, he was being persecuted and the brothers had to lower him in the basket down the wall. He was escaping and the brothers had to tell Paul, Paul, get in the basket. How do you think Paul felt at that moment? You know, he was a member and he was being protected by the other members. But he was getting to know Christ as the head through the members of the body. Okay? Then, you know what? Paul needed Barnabas to recommend him. Why was that? Everyone was scared to death of Paul. They knew his background. But eventually, Barnabas had to come and recommend Paul to the brothers. So, through the other members... Paul became dependent 
as a member of the body himself, okay? All right. Number two here, an organism filled with the life of Christ. The body of Christ is an organism. The body of Christ is an organism. And that's in opposition to an organization. This table is an organization of wood, right? Screws, different things, but it's lifeless. The body of Christ is something full of life. Today, there are many, many things that are organizations, but they're lifeless. But the body of Christ is something full of life. It's an organism. The body of Christ is an organism. Say that. body of Christ is an organism. It's an organism filled with the life of Christ. Okay? This is a marvelous thing. It's an organism. Can you consider for a moment the difference between organization and organism? Can an organism be organized? Yes, it can. But is an organization an organism? No, it's not. It's missing the intrinsic factor, which is life. life. That's right. Okay, Colossians 3, 10 and 11, let's read these, go. You know, regarding this point, I would say sometimes people say, uh, can I join your church? Can I join your church? How do you answer that? You know, the organism is something of life and by life. So it's not a matter of joining, it's a matter of being born into it. There's a divine birth. The brothers covered that in the last message with the Spirit's regeneration, right? So the only way you can enter into this organization is through regeneration. So it's not a matter of signing a pledge, filling in a card and dropping it in a slot, telling you, put my phone number here and sign me up. That has nothing to do with the reality of the church. Because the church is an organism. The church is not an organization. It's not something you can join or unjoin. You're either born into its reality or you're not. Because the church is an organism, okay? So it's marvelous, saints. Hallelujah, we're an organism, right? God has an organism called the church. All right, number three, quickly. A living entity with every member functioning in life. Sisters, read Ephesians 4, 7. Go. Brothers, 1 Corinthians 12. Those two verses, go. Thank you. 
Okay, this is, a, this is a great matter. I want you to circle every member. Every member. How many members are sitting in here right now? Take a guess. Where, where's Rodney? Rodney, do you have a count? 734. 734 are sitting here tonight. That's 734 members. And you know what God's desire is that every member in here would function. Because it's a living organism, not an organization. God wants to recover the functioning of every member. So, you know what? Tonight, I am just a member. I'm not more than a member, and I'm not less than a member. And guess what? You are. You're a member. Are you more than a member? Are you less than a member? No, you're not. We're all members functioning corporately in the living body of Christ. This is very wonderful that the Lord could recover this among us. And brothers and sisters, listen. In the land of Christendom that exists, in a very general sense, this is lost. This is lost. Every member functioning is something that's lost. So we're here doing our best to practice the functioning of every member. When I finish here shortly, we'll put up two microphones and we hope as many of you can speak as possible because we desire every member to function. Okay? This is a great thing. So every member can function and every member is needed. And these verses we just read here, how many body parts are there? There's a foot, there's a hand, there's an eye, there's a nose, right? And on, on your body, sometimes my kids ask silly questions. They said, Dad, if you had to cut off one thing, what would it be? And they list several things. And uh, I say, none of them. <laughs> right? Every member of your body is crucial. And, and you love every member of your physical body very much. Right? So the members of the body are crucial and necessary, each one of them. And the members which seem to be weaker are necessary. Actually, every member is crucial. But the way the verse says in 1 Corinthians 12, 22, the members which seem to be weaker. Are you weaker? Don't raise your hand. Are you weaker? Listen, actually, all of us are weaker. But we're all members of the body. And in this next verse here, in Revelation 3.8, each member has a little power. Revelation 3.8. Let's read this verse. Go. Okay, circle a little power, a little power. Every member 
In the first, ver- in the first verse, Ephesians 4, 7 there, each one has a measure of the gift of Christ. In Revelation 3, 8, you have a little power. And these are for the functioning of the members of the body of Christ. So each one of us, we can function as a member. And I would say each one of us has to fight against the, the religion in our blood that wants to be lethargic and apathetic and uncaring. Because the whole body needs a rich circulation of life and that is, comes only through every member functioning, okay? This is a great thing. One of the key ways for every member of the body to function is to, to speak, Amen. to prophesy, which we'll practice here in just a few minutes. Every member can speak forth Christ. Okay, let's move along quickly here. Letter B. Let's read this all together. Go. The fullness of... For expression. Okay, Ephesians 1, 22b and 23, I'll read it. The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Luis, Luis, can you come on up here, brother? This one. Come on up, Luis. Yeah. Praise the Lord, Luis. Good to have you, brother. Now, how do you think Luis got to be this size here, brothers? You know what? It came by a lot of eating. He may play football. He may do other activities. But he has probably a large appetite, don't you, brother? Yeah. Yeah. And so when you eat the riches, you become the fullness Eat the riches, become the fullness. Say that. Eat the riches, become the fullness. When we enjoy the riches of Christ, day after day, little by little, we become the fullness of God. And as Louise here would eat the riches, how much does your mom, how much food does your mom fix? A lot? When you eat, do you just eat two eggs? He started laughing, yeah. So to become this kind of stature, you have to eat a lot of riches, right? You have to eat so many riches, and eventually you become the fullness. The fullness of this country is in all the riches. And when we eat those riches, we become the fullness. Praise the Lord, Luis. Okay, thank you, brother. So we have to be impressed. How does God get his fullness? How does God? We know how Luis became the fullness of America. How does God, how does the church become the fullness of the one? Eating. As we eat the riches, as we consume the riches, as we enjoy the riches, you know what? We become the fullness. And God has an expression that the whole universe can see, okay? Uh, Ephesians 3.8, let's read this, go. Okay, 
Our Christ is full of unsearchable riches. You know what? As we eat those riches, as we enjoy those riches, as we speak those riches, God has a fullness on this earth. Okay. All right. Quickly moving on. Next, we come to Christ's counterpart for satisfaction and rest in love. Let's read Ephesians 5.25. Go. Okay, what's the key thing in a marriage relationship? Easy to say, right? Love, right? But it's true. The love, the love is the key element. Of course, we know that in the divine relationship, that love is Christ. But without love, what kind of relationship is it? So the husbands and the wives uh, know that this is, this is very important, that this ingredient uh, always be at the forefront of their relationship. Okay? In Revelation 2.4, uh, there was a problem there. And this was to the church in Ephesus. He says here, let's read 2.4 together, go. Actually, Ephesus did many things, tried false apostles. They did so many proper things to take care of many things. They did a lot of housekeeping, but they missed one crucial matter. And what was that? Circle first love. Your first love. Brothers and sisters, what is your first love? Is it gaming? Is it Netflix? Unending series? Is it Hulu? Anything you want to see? Is it your iPhone 6 Plus with the 7 soon on the way? Your first love. Lord Jesus, our first love. You know, we have to really ask, Lord Jesus, will you please become my first love? You know, the Lord is looking for His counterpart. And the counterpart uh, is a matter of rest and satisfaction. Um, I think I was going to call up a brother who is engaged and ask him, but I think for the sake of time, we'll wait. But if you ask a young, engaged couple about their love for one another, uh, many times it's quite fiery and verbose and uh, crazy. And that's understandable. You're freshly in love. Uh, You think nothing will ever stand between. And I will do anything. Leap over tall mountains. People get very uh, poetic and romantic when they start talking about love. It does something to the heart to be in love. But you know Christ, he wants us, he wants to be our first love. Lord Jesus, we love you. Say that. Lord Jesus, we love you. You know, in the morning, I have a practice. I try to tell the Lord, even before I've swung my legs out of bed, I'm still in a semi-state of consciousness, just trying to re-enter the atmosphere. 
just to confess with my frog voice, Lord Jesus, I love you. In the morning, we should have a practice. It's good to have a practice to tell the Lord the first thing, the first few moments of your consciousness in that day to tell him, Lord Jesus, I love you. Say it again. Lord Jesus, I love you. Okay, now say it very loudly. Lord Jesus, I love you. Now say it very softly. Lord Jesus, I love you. You know, you need to practice saying it all kinds of ways. When you're in love with a person, you do all kinds of crazy things. Because you're in love. You know, the Lord Jesus is the most lovely person. And when we come to him and contact him, he draws our heart, he wins our affection, and he does cause us to love him more. But we have to practice confessing that love to him, okay? All right, I know my time is very short here. Um, Roman numeral five, quickly, let's read it. 3.16, go. So the church is the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in us. And this temple uh, is very important, and the Spirit, you know, the Spirit is something that can be grieved, and the Spirit can be envious. So the Spirit is here uh, dwelling in the temple of God, and corporately, we are the temple of God as the church, and we have to realize the Spirit is here as a living person, dwelling. And so, we have to be very careful how we deal with this temple. And in this temple are also many other brothers and sisters. And so, we have to be careful how we take care of and relate to the other brothers and sisters in the church. The church is God's best. And the brothers and sisters are very important. And so we have to be very careful how we take care of all the members, all the brothers and sisters in this temple, because the Spirit is living in them. The Spirit is dwelling in them. And the Spirit is very sensitive. So we have to be considerate before the Lord about this temple that we are touching and that we are part of. Okay? All right. One last thing related to this point. Common things do not fit in the temple. Common things do not fit in the temple of God. Only the holy things are allowed in the temple of God. So this means we have to be careful what we think we should bring into the church. Especially as young people, we have a lot of great ideas. If only the brothers would allow us to do this, or go here, or be part of that. Remember, this is the temple of God in its reality as the church. And we have to be very considerate 
considerate of what we allow to come into the temple. Okay? All right. Number six. I'll try to cover six and seven, and I'll be done here quickly. Let's read, church. Let's read the one new man here, just the verses here, 14, 15, and 16. Go. For he This is a marvelous term, uh, largely unknown by many, uh, but we like to really call your attention to this matter of the church as the one new man. One, because the middle wall has been broken down, and now all peoples in this divine organism have become one. New, because it's filled with the new Christ. And a man, because there's a man on the earth, with the uplifted humanity of Jesus, that's God's testimony on the earth. So this entity is the one new man. And the key point here is that because Christ has broken down this middle wall, all the many little ordinances that would separate the way that we live have now been abolished in the cross, and so praise the Lord, all races, all tongues, all tribes, and all nations can dwell together as one. I was just in a very large fellowship in the country of Brazil, and there are 1,000 brothers there, and I forgot how many nations, 36 nations represented there, and we brothers were enjoying one new man. Wow. Even tonight, how many nationalities do we have represented here? Many. Yes, many. Praise the Lord. And yet, we're enjoying one new man. I know in the meetings, it's easy to be one. But how about your roommate? Particularly, this touches ways of living. So, even things like, does the toilet paper roll out over the top or come out of the bottom? That sounds funny, but different peoples have different ways of living. And something as small as that can cause a major catastrophe, right? But if we enjoy Christ in his reality, those small ordinances are terminated and we can enjoy the reality of the one new man. Okay, finally, Roman numeral 7 the corporate warrior. Let's read this last verse all together tonight. Ephesians 6, 11, go. Okay, so the whole armor of God comes with the corporate warrior. And the key point here is the only way Satan can really be defeated is corporately. You know, you may win an individual battle with him, but if you remain isolated by yourself, we all get defeated. But the battle is always won in the body. 
as the corporate warrior. So I would recommend, number one, always go to the corporate prayer meeting. Because you know where the church is found practically today? Is in the meetings of the church. Do you, want, you don't want, do you want to see the church in practicality? Go to the meetings. Make it your life habit now in college. You think you're busy? You don't even know how to spell the word busy. Okay? Listen, when you have tests and papers and so forth, that's just a warm-up for a few kids. And then you have to take on responsibilities in the church and many other people. You begin to realize, wow, class was easy. Although I know, not easy. I, was, I had some tough classes. I was in school for a little while. But you know what? Now is the time to lay the foundation to go to the meetings regularly as a habit. Build up the habit. Listen, if you build up the habit now, and I don't care which degree you're in, you come talk to me later if you think you have a really tough one, okay? I don't care what your degree is now. When you get married and have a couple of kids and have a lot of other things on top of you, if you're not practicing going to the meetings of the church now, how do you think you'll perform at that time? So realize now's the best time to lay a foundation to be in the meetings of the church. And this last point is a shout out particularly as some of the students testified, which I enjoyed so much, go to the prayer meeting of the church. Because in that meeting, we kick Satan's teeth in. Hallelujah, right? And Satan gets utterly defeated, shamed, and destroyed. But we have to learn to fight the battle in the body. Okay, this is crucial. Well, my time is over. It's your time to come up and function as a living member in the body of Christ. Praise the Lord for the church. And continue to pray, Lord Jesus, show me the church. Lord, show me the church. Thank you, Lord.